Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. What a great game. Jazz win. They beat the Cavs tonight here at Vivint Arena, 116-114 to 114 in Donovan Mitchell's return to Salt Lake City. And uh, Coach Lacombe, man, we were treated to a, a fine game. Exciting at the end. Jordan Clarkson, what a performance with his 15 points in the fourth quarter. Donovan Mitchell finishes the game with 46 but takes the loss. The vibe in this building was uh, was incredible. It was uh, certainly one of those games that uh, we'll remember. In fact, let's go right downstairs to Coach Hardy. I feel like a little kid sitting behind this desk. Um, that's a that's a really gritty team win for us. Uh, we've talked a lot the last couple days about just our approach, our mentality, being able to maintain our focus and mindset through good moments in a game and tough moments in a game. Every NBA game has runs, especially when you play very good teams and and very good players. Um, I thought we came out in the second half with great purpose and went on a 23 to 10 run to start the half. Obviously then Cleveland makes their run and I thought our guys just really dug in and and stayed the course and stayed focused on the little things. A lot of guys stepped up. Obviously this is a first half box. Sorry, my bad. Uh, obviously, JC was was massive for us in the second half. I think he had 24 points in the second half. He had, I think we had a seven point play at one point, which is exactly what I told him to do. And you know, he made some big plays. B's big late free throws. Lowry was steady and solid uh, against a very good defense that was being very physical with him and top locking him all over the court. Um, I thought Walker handled himself great uh, playing against two elite scoring guards. Um, that's not an easy task to do what he did. And we had a lot of guys come in off the bench and, and step up. So we've talked all year about we win as a team and we lose as a team. And I think tonight, more than anything, I'm just very, very proud of the fact that our guys were able to dig in as a group and maintain their mentality throughout that whole game. We've had a tough stretch here lately, and obviously Cleveland's a 
a very good team. So that's a big win for us. How important was it for you guys to, you know, after this last streak, I think it's seven or eight, to just kind of get back into to the winning column? Yeah, winning is, is is more fun than losing for sure. Um, we've had a tough stretch. We've lost uh, some close games here lately. Um, we had the five in a row by a combined 15 points. And, you know, it's it's easy. Like I've told you guys before, it's easy to get wrapped up in the emotion of winning and losing when losing those close games. It's a, it's a couple of little things that make the margin between winning and losing. It's not like you're getting blown out and just playing terrible. I thought in that stretch we played more good basketball than bad basketball overall. But we weren't able to put it together for 48 minutes and, and come out with a win. So I thought tonight was just a, a good reminder for our team, a good representation of what it takes to really dig in mentally. Because 48 minutes is a long time when you're playing great teams with great players. They can have those bursts of scoring um, that kind of can put you on your heels. And so I just thought our team did a good job of staying in the moment and um, staying focused on the next thing. How important was it for JC to get to the line down the stretch when you guys were struggling offensively earlier in the fourth quarter? Yeah, free throws can really settle you down. And JC is such a rhythm player. I think sometimes him getting to the free throw line helps settle him a little bit and, and see if you go in. Um, you know, obviously Lowry's done a great job of getting to the free throw line, but, you know, Cleveland is one of the top defenses in the NBA for a reason. They're long, athletic, very physical. Um, JB is a, a hell of a coach, and, um, you know, they they play so hard on that end of the floor. You have to work and fight for your space on every possession. Um, you don't really find many great looks against that team unless your execution is really sharp and you're very physical on offense. So it takes a lot of work. Uh to score against that team, and um, I thought we did a good job of matching their physicality, and that's what allowed us to go to the free throw line. What's it like watching the, a seven-point single possession from someone? I mean, I prefer watching those possessions when it's somebody on our team, but um, you know, you could easily be on the other side of that. It's guarding jump shooters is very hard now. You know, guys are have such quick triggers and all of us coaches are urging our players to contest shots and not just give up easy ones. And so sometimes you end up underneath guys. And I think, you know, the the league has, has made it very important to protect jump shooters because of the injuries that we've seen happen over the years. And so kind of a weird play, obviously, for JC to end up getting the and one and it's a flagrant two free throws to make one and then you get the ball back. So, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to count on those things to go in your favor to win a game. But, you know, we've also had some tough breaks during our tough stretch that, that haven't gone our way. And so sometimes it all levels out. Yeah, speaking of that, was it nice to see the ball kind of bounce your way at the end of the game? Yeah, I, I thought our guys just did a good job of forcing the shots that we wanted them to take. They took some tough ones. They took some rushed ones. And then we did a good job as a team collectively going after the rebounds. So... You know, it's winning in this league is very, very hard. And I think our team has been in so many close games this year. Like, they understand more and more every day that those last three minutes are you really have to dig in mentally, you have to dig in physically, and you have to do all the little things. Because if not, 
you leave yourself susceptible to one bad bounce or one tough play that can cost you the game. So there's always a little bit of luck in those moments and um, just very happy for our guys that we were able to pull out the win. Cleveland's a really good defensive rebounding team usually and you guys out-rebounded them tonight pretty significantly. How do you think you were able to do that and, and you know then get the defensive class uh, going as well? Yeah, our guys did a, a good job of moving the ball to put them in rotations. Um, Cleveland does such a good job of scrambling to take away your three-point looks. They protect the paint great. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the NBA. So they're rotating around a lot, and I just thought we had a bunch of guys did a good job of kind of getting in between those rotations when the shot went up to find offensive rebounds. Obviously, Walker had six, and a couple of those are he's just taller than the person that he's next to, and he's done a really good job of being aggressive going to the glass. But, you know, there were a bunch of guys that contributed. You know, Vando every night is always crashing the glass, and he did a good job of getting in those seams as well. So um, rebounding is something that we're, we're very much stressing as a team, and it's cost us in certain moments in the season. And so it's obviously very rewarding for the guys to – to come out of a game knowing that they really battled on the glass as a team because it's not one guy again like our defensive rebounds Lowry was a beast he had 13 defensive rebounds but if I go down the list Bees had five Walker had five Jordan had four Nikhil had four like Ochai three I mean that's a bunch of our perimeter players getting in and participating on the glass and that's what we need it's a unique night to have Donovan back, and I wonder how it compared with your experience throughout the years of San Antonio, Boston, what have you, of ex-players coming back into a building, how the crowd received him, and then your points of emphasis to your team to make sure you contained him, even though he got 46. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to say we contained him when he got 46. Um, he's such a tough cover does such a good job of changing speeds with the ball. He can shoot from all over the court, does a good job of getting you on his hip and gets fouled a good amount. You know, 11 free throws is is tough. But um, I thought tonight was exactly how it should be. Donovan had five great years here, and he did a lot for this organization, did a lot for the community, and the organization, I think, loves Donovan. And we were happy to see him back. I thought the crowd received him great pregame when the video was played. All I heard was cheers, um, and I think that's that's the way it should be. You know, this league, um, players end up on different teams all the time, and it's just part of it. And I think it's it's good for everybody to have the perspective to just appreciate the time you had together, um, especially when it was a lot of good time. So I was I was happy to see Donovan get the reception that he deserved. Um, you know, five great years here, and I thought that the crowd treated him great. So you touched on pregame on that, and, and that you know that you weren't here for his time here. But I'm just curious what what it's like, what it was like for you, feeling all the energy of the crowd for some for something that you weren't here for, and it's your home fan base. Yeah, it's um, you know I, I don't I don't know the ins and outs of every day, but I coached against the Utah Jazz for the five years that Donovan was on it, and they were a hell of a team, and. Um, this was always a really hard place to play and um, those fans cheered very hard for Donovan for those five years and so again it, it's it's just a good reminder of the great fan base that we have um, you know they're very passionate about the team and they also are able to 
be smart enough as fans to recognize people that have given a lot to this organization. And so um, it was very cool, very cool to see. Obviously, I don't have a ton of personal feelings towards it because I wasn't here, but um, I know Donovan personally and um, think the world of him. And I thought it was just a a cool moment to have him come back and and have that reception uh, from the crowd. And, um, you know, now we all move on to the next game. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There you go. Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Jake Scott coach Tim LaCombe with you. The Jazz win tonight over the Cavaliers, 116-114. to Lots on Donovan Mitchell there, Coach LaCombe. And Donovan was great, 46. Uh, but uh, the Jazz were able to come away with the win. It was, you know, a perfect situation. I think, um, you know, it's the way this trade has been. Both sides have actually benefited. Um, and certainly it's a departure and a change, but it's been good for both. Uh, both guys, you know, everybody involved in the trade's actually been, um, you know, I think it's been a good thing. And at the end of the day, the Jazz won. Donovan had an awesome night, and the crowd did a nice job of welcoming him back. And Clarkson just wanted it. Oh, my gosh. Playing against his buddy. And we we'll get into all that, that stuff. I mean, I we looked at each other there, and, you know, hard to believe how they did it. But down five points with a minute and change, and uh, – then everything kind of went crazy on that shot. Awesome. Awesome game. Super fun to watch. Great atmosphere. Can't say enough about it. Certainly one of those you'll remember as the Jazz come away with win over the Cavs tonight, 116-114. With that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is uh, coming your way on Thursday night. The Orlando Magic are in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more post-game sound. And we'll break this thriller down. Coming up next, you're listening to Utah. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim LaCombe, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Wiz campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jazz win 116-114 to 114 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. What an exciting game. Jordan Clarkson with a big-time performance down the stretch. And the Jazz pull it out in spite of 46 points tonight from Donovan Mitchell. Darius Garland had a nice night, too, with 21 to go along with six assists. But the Jazz got 32 from Jordan Clarkson. 11 of 19 shooting, 5 of 11 from 3. He had 6 boards, 4 assists. Larry Markinen with a monster double-double, 25 points and 16 rebounds. Uh, Mike Conley had 13 tonight. Malik Beasley in the starting lineup had uh, 13. And uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker with 13 coming in off the bench for the Jazz in the win, who were certainly shorthanded uh, with some injuries, Coach, and uh, at times looked a little shaky. We talked to DJ about that a lot in the the. The studio here, and when the bench came in, things fell apart a little bit. But then Jordan Clarkson takes over and makes some big plays in the fourth quarter. The number that I just can't get over in this game, honestly, is the rebounding number. The Jazz just absolutely obliterating the Cavs on the glass. 54-37. And uh, defensive rebounding, the Jazz got nine more rebounds. Offensive rebounding, Jazz with 15. So uh, when you talked about it being a team effort, um, and how we said that's kind of how it had to be. That was an unbelievable team effort. Uh, every guy playing their role. And a lot of those offensive rebounds were just really good effort plays, tipping the ball around until one of the guys in the right color jersey got it. 
Six offensive rebounds for Walker Kessler alone tonight. He had 11 total boards, six of those offensive to go along with his uh, six points. Had a real nice block shot there, too, as he had a good game, maybe not scoring the ball. Three of nine, we usually see him a little more efficient there. But six offensive rebounds, that's terrific. 30 minutes for the big guy as a rookie. And I talked early in the season that the minutes he got this year would all be really, really good. Um, but he has certainly exceeded expectation both on the court and the minutes he's played. But a um, really, really solid game from Walker. And you you know when he's out there, the Jazz do a much better job of just taking care of the rim. Donovan, as we mentioned, was really good tonight. 46 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, but uh, Jordan Clarkson made the plays down the stretch, not Donovan Mitchell. And I'm not uh, trying to slight Donovan necessarily, other than uh, some of his crucial shots did not go down when he took him in the fourth quarter. No, and I think that's totally fair. Um, you know, it, it, we talked about it actually, you know, down the stretch. Um, you know, that's probably something Donovan will continue to get better at. But just in our conversations, you know, can't maybe the bubble made some, you know, certainly some shots that. Uh, down the stretch in that Denver series, but overall, uh, Clarkson was the guy tonight. Made the made the shots when it counted. Uh, came up with those two fouls on threes, which is just uh, which is crazy. The Jazz definitely wrestled. Uh, this was definitely all right there in the loss column. The Jazz wrestled it into that other column. Well, you know what the the fourth quarter performance for the Jazz as of late has not been terrific, including Jordan Clarkson missing random clutch free throws, which is not something that he really does and has done throughout his career. And then he steps up tonight, and he's just ice water in the veins. Nails those free throws, no problem. We talked about the the seven-point play, but uh, there was never a doubt. Man, he was good. He was great. And and we've talked about his growth as a player this year. Uh, first and foremost, you got to give the credit to him, right? He He definitely has done an unbelievable job of working on becoming better in every area. Uh, but, again, four assists tonight. Everything we'll remember about tonight, though, is his, his just miraculous fourth quarter, is the way he made those shots down the stretch, how he's confident to take them, um, and then he delivered. This is the best he's played during his career. Oh, there's no I mean, doubt. Is that a controversial opinion, no, or no. am I my obvious opinion no, guy on I that? I think or? overall, right? Like, yeah. we've seen streaks, and we see him get hot, and but – like he is consistently playing night in and night out, really fundamentally sound and winning basketball. Well, if he's going to hit running floaters like he did there at the end, that was then so sweet. I don't know if there's much you can do about it, honestly. And and you know, Will made an awesome point too in his post game when he talked about this stretch has been hard because, and we've watched it. They played as good, you know, in stretches as they have all year, but it's those little segments of the game that get them tonight. It's a little segment of the game that they actually benefit from because Cleveland, you know, had this thing kind of going totally their direction and had kind of pulled away. And the, and the Jazz, just, there was just no quit. Uh, I think that that is also a quality we've seen that from this team. A phenomenal job of just competing to the very end. Which I think will be a constant all year long. You know, not sure what, uh, you know, pace, what rate they'll win games at down the stretch. I mean, I think there are, there's a lot that can change with the roster and can change with the teams around them and the standings and all those sorts of things. But I, I think it's pretty safe to say we can count on a pretty consistent effort regardless of if they're playing well and who they're playing. Thus, they've beaten a ton of good teams this year. If you look at the list of teams the Jazz have beat this year, it's wild. Now they've lost 
you know, they lost to San Antonio a couple of weeks ago, and that's kind of a head-scratcher. They've lost to Houston, right? They've lost to some teams they shouldn't lose to. But they've also taken down really, really good teams. This Cleveland team is really good. We talked about it for almost the entire pregame show. We saw this Cleveland team smack the Jazz a couple of weeks ago in Cleveland and to play hard and give themselves a chance at the end. Give them a lot of credit. How special is Mobley? You know, just watching him tonight out there. Big old seven-footer who they switch things with and – you know, much like marketing, they don't put him in a box. Um, he has 12 and 7 tonight, but he's just been a solid guy. And I'd love to see a big dude out on the perimeter. It doesn't need the help. He's going to move his feet. Um, really a big fan of what Evan Mobley's doing this year. Uh, let's see. Mobley's line tonight, coach. Excuse me. Let me scroll up to it here. Uh, Mobley had 12 points, 5 of 8 shooting, 7 boards, an assist, a steal, and 4 block shots. I wondered having the those two dynamic guards if it would take a bite out of Mobley if it's his production that would um suffer a little bit and that that might be true but boy what an efficient night for him and and played really well despite the loss. Yeah, he's a uh he he's a fun player to watch, no doubt about it. And this was a great game, high level game and the atmosphere as you mentioned. David asked if we being up here could here, uh, the crowd, we feel it more. It's almost like it radiates through here, and it was definitely on point tonight. We do feel it. It's true. It's a buzz. It is the it is the buzz. All right, we'll get uh, some more post-game sound for you uh, coming up right around the corner as players are made available. We're hoping that we're going to be able to get some Donovan Mitchell sound for you, so stay tuned as the Jazz wins 116-114 to 114 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Post-game is... I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique store to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. More straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. You're in the market. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win, 116-114 over the Cleveland Cavaliers postgame. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more. Share MarkMillerSubaru.com. We'll get you some sound from the players as soon as they're made available. Taking a little time coming out, Coach, probably relishing the victory a little bit. We're also hoping to uh, get you Donovan Mitchell's post-game comments if possible, so uh, make sure and stay tuned for that. Uh, let's get to the Master of the Glass, uh, presented by Safe Light Auto Glass, uh, who presents uh, this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. As Coach Lacombe pointed out, in the last segment, rebounding was a big deal for the Jazz tonight. They had uh, the master of the glass, Lowry Markinen, 16 boards tonight to go along with his 25 points. Walker Kessler at 11, including six offensive rebounds. The Jazz as a whole 
out-rebounded the Cavs 54-38 to and 15-8 to on the offensive glass. And, uh, Coach, that's, uh, that's one way to beat a team that you're probably not supposed to beat. And it's one more area. You know, people ask me all the time, how do you tell if this team's getting better? Uh, and we watched games where the Jazz could not get a stop because it couldn't rebound the basketball. Tonight against a very big team, very physical team, and, and a great defensive team, uh, we talked about all the great things about the Cavs early before this game, but the Jazz knocking them around on the glass and winning the battle in that uh, manner really surprises me. I think that's the biggest surprise. I thought the Jazz could win the game. You know, I thought uh, they've we've seen the Jazz play, like you said, against really good teams and have good outcomes, but that's the surprise to me tonight is the way the Jazz, as a team, dominated the glass. And I'm a little bit surprised they won tonight, and I really shouldn't be because they've proven they can really beat any team. I mean, if things go go their way, if they get a, a special performance at the right time, which they did tonight from Jordan Clarkson, I mean, there's really no team in the league that they can't beat. Uh, but I thought shorthanded going into this one, missing uh, our guy at the clinic, I thought was going to have an effect. Uh, not having Colin Sexton, I mean, he's a he's a really good player. Not having Taylor Horton Tucker made them um, – Thin at the ball handling position, and shout out to Nikhil Alexander Walker, who really played a great game on both sides of the ball. Um, he even made some uh, free th- or made one free throw down the stretch to yeah, help <laughs> help ice it. You know, uh, so I thought that they they'd have have a tough time because Cleveland's really good, and they were a little bit shorthanded. And man, uh, you know, the rebounding may be the best example of the team win tonight. And maybe that'll be a theme, Coach, as uh, we go throughout the postgame. This was a real team effort, a real team win, and give Clarkson a lot of credit for uh, for making shots when he needed to and making plays when he needed to. But uh, I love hearing Coach Hardy talk about the rebounding because he's really um, honest about it, that they don't have a dominant rebounder and they all have to give out, get out and give a, a big effort. And that's what he means. I mean, you look at those numbers, it's – uh, every single guy, you know, Conley obviously in 33 minutes didn't grab one tonight. But every single guy beyond that, um, you know, Vanderbilt has a crooked number. Rudy Gay has a crooked number. Everybody got involved. And then, honestly, a big part of the strategy or, or what was working was um, when Cleveland really went hard at the boards and the Jazz weren't able to just corral it. Uh, a lot of tips, you know, and then guys were able to funnel in and get the ball. So, Definitely a community rebounding situation for the Jazz tonight, and something coaches, uh, Coach Hardy's talked about and and asked for you know all year long. And this is something again you see the Jazz are getting better at uh, night after night. And Lowry, we we talk uh, we've talked quite a bit over the past couple of weeks of him finding different ways to score the basketball, and he's not just a three point shooter. Well, tonight I make an argument he found different ways to really impact the basketball game. On top of scoring, playing some decent defense and obviously pulling down 16 rebounds, he was only one of five from three tonight and six of 18 from the field. I uh, still had the 25 points, but was still a great player and did things to help the team win, even when he wasn't shooting at his most efficient. So his season high in rebounding tonight, 16 was it. Prior to that, it was uh, I think he had 14 against Miami in a loss. Uh, but you know, there's any. I guess he did. He matched a season high. He had 16 against Golden State. Um, but I think that's an area that, you know, as big as he is in a way that, uh, whether it be offensively or defensively, he's, he's got the ability to become, you know, a double-digit a night rebounder. I think that's a, a fair goal. And uh, tonight, you know, going and getting 16, that is just a, a massive contribution to winning that game. 
Massive contribution. Massive. Yeah. Think about the possessions he ended, um, you know, the possessions he kept alive, all those things. The Jazz needed every last one of them, for sure, in that, in that narrow victory tonight. Another thing, as long as we're talking about Markinen's game, he went to the line 14 times, 12-14. That's something he's definitely done over the past month, is put the pressure on and, and made sure to be aggressive to get to the free throw line. And, man, it, you know, Carl Malone is probably the best example in jazz history of this. But when you go to the line that much and you shoot a good clip, which obviously Lowry does and, and the mailman did, I mean, you could struggle from the field and you're still going to score 25 points at least because you're, I mean, James Harden's probably the best example of this in league history where you can, you know, shoot 30% from the field some nights, but you're still going to score 30 points because you're living at the line. It's an easy way to, an easy way to be consistent. And I think he's learning that a little bit, or at least it would appear to me. And that's something that we talked with all the time. I mean, some of the great players that I had the opportunity to coach, I mean, those are points that are sitting there and certainly situational when when you know the other teams, you know, that they've used up all their fouls and you're in the bonus, uh, to be able to drive uh, right through some contact and create the opportunity to go to the line. I think that's where Lowry's getting better too, situationally, but you just can't knock the way he's anything he's doing out there. He's efficient, plays his tail off. He's a great help defender and starting to add rebounder to that. It's it's, uh, it's phenomenal to watch him grow. Well, he's literally huge. I he's mean, massive. He's he's really big, and so he's going to get fouled a lot because what else are you going to do? Yes, you're either going to get dunked gonna, on or, or foul him or foul him. But I'm I'm just sitting here looking through the year. You're exactly right. I mean that's. It's it's kind of evolved uh, his free throw shooting early in the year. Uh, you know, in the first maybe twenty thirty games, uh, only one uh, double digit free throw outing uh, really started in the middle of December. That you start to see those creep up, and now uh, all the more regular. So again, how do these how do these guys develop? How do they get better? It's reps. It's learning. You know, to be able to do something better, and that's something that will help both Lowry and the team a ton down, down the road here. Well, if he's going to be the number one guy, I mean, that's a good way to do it, right? And I almost wonder if early in the season he was still feeling that out a little bit. Yeah, there's know. no doubt. There had to be a process, right, to gain everybody's respect. I think nobody has any doubts. I think everybody's wearing the sweatshirts and the hoodies, and, you know, we all want him playing in this game here in Salt Lake in the All-Star game. So uh, he's, he's, a, he's a hard guy not to like. He's quiet. And keeps his to himself, uh, goes out there every day, and, and he does put forth a great effort. Just in the, the last uh, five games, six games, he's averaging 31.5 points, uh, shooting 51.2% from the field. Got to admit, I still like the finisher. Like it or not, he's the finisher. <laughs> the finisher. Uh, but I think consistency is a big part of that, right? If you're going to be another one, number one option, you're going to be an all-star, you know, you're not going to shoot 60% from the field and score 35 points a night. You're going to have some nights where you go six for 18. So how do you still get those 25 points? I mean, he's a great three-point shooter, but one for five, I mean, he's going to have a few of those nights. So how are you still effective? Go manufacture, man. you got to be, you got to be aggressive. you got to play on attack. Uh, and I think those are the pieces he's learning, you know? It's like how I know that you and I truly do a great show because sometimes we've got to tape it together and it's still perfection every night. I mean, when you're sitting around waiting for the guys to take the podium and you've got to 
tread water and you do it without even know you know your audience <laughs> knowing that you're doing that. It's, no problem. It's pretty pretty tough work. What are they doing back in that locker room? The I don't know. Champagne maybe they, celebration. Maybe they have di- who knows? Uh, but yeah. I think just to your point, close that down on, on Mark and two. He, he's really fortunate to play on a team that moves the ball as well as this team does. Um, very rarely you see four shots, and um, you know most of the time these guys have the ability to space it. Uh, each guy has the ability to kind of play their game. But I really like uh, a lot of things about this team. But ball movement is, is really really good. As long as we are treading water, Coach, should we get to the uh, Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game? Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A, earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. And, of course, we're uh, talking about foul shots with Larry Markkinen, so it seems like good timing anyway. Uh, the Jazz took 37 foul shots tonight, 30 of 37 from the line. The Cavs were 20 of 24. And, in fact, 11 of those 24 foul shots for the Cavs came from Donovan Mitchell, who was 11 of 11. No one else on the team had more than four. Uh, as we mentioned for the Jazz, Larry Markkinen was 12-14, but Jordan Clarkson was 5 of 7. A lot, obviously, a lot of that coming in the final 90 seconds. But Mike Conley, 4 of 4. Malik Beasley, 4 of 4. I mean, certainly, I mean, Jazz going to, to the line 37 times, that's a lot. And, and you find a way to win it. I talked about the three not falling, and the Jazz have to find a way to make a better clip at the three-point line. Um, but that's another way to do it, is to be really aggressive, be on attack, draw the whistles, get to the line, and, um, yeah, that's never a bad thing to have that many free throws. It, it is if you're you know, on a tight time budget. But beyond that, <laughs> it's it's really good for the team that's getting fouled and going to the line. Yeah, this team s- particularly, they make them. Yeah, I was going to say it's good for the team going to the line 37 times. Correct. Not the other squad or the – and this year the Jazz have struggled in random games from the line, but they're going to win games like tonight. Yeah, got to make 30 out of those 37. Shoot 80% from the line. That's a great number. Uh, and, I mean, most nights I look at that as you know, old coach in me, and uh, I'm just looking to see what they shoot. On the season this year as a team, uh, the Jazz are a 78% free throw shooting team. Which is good. It's good for 14th in the league. So it's mediocre. It's about dead but, middle. It's about where I was in every – I was just the guy that wanted to hide in the center. Just give me in the middle. <laughs> the middle isn't getting any – I don't any, want to stand out. No. Don't want the pressure of everybody watching it or uh, the criticism for being terrible at it. That's correct. Just blend in. But now, you know, it's when you make them. Uh, nah made one of two, but, man, he really needed to make that one. Yeah, that would have – yeah, I was glad he made the one. Yeah, he oh, really yeah. needed to make that one, and he did. And, and he Jordan was Clarkson, good tonight. He I, was good tonight. He he brought a he brought a level defensively. You know, has that length ability to keep guys in front. He's he's when he comes in, his numbers called upon. He does a nice job of of giving everything he's got. Well, it's a luxury that we've seen Coach Hardy take advantage of. Is he's going to use minutes as a motivating factor? You know, he's going to he gave Taylor Horton Tucker another bite at the apple a few games ago, and unfortunately, Taylor now dealing with an injury. Hope he's able to come back and and capitalize on that momentum because he was playing pretty well. But as as Nas saw some of those minutes he was getting go to someone else, probably refocused him a little bit. Now that he gets in and has an opportunity, he plays really well. I mean, it's it's probably pretty nice to be able to use minutes as as leverage or motivation, if you uh, want to use that, to uh, some of these young players to go out there and develop. Because I think Nah has a ton of potential, 
but needs to stay focused and keep doing the things that uh, got him into the rotation in the first place, namely, you know, aggressive defense, being smart with the ball and being productive. 13 points tonight for now, four rebounds, three assists, only turned the ball over once. Well, that's a good play, right? Uh, Rudy Gay was seven minutes tonight. He had seven points, hit that three in the corner. Um, and but, but like we talked about, Vanderbilt only played 17. Um, but everybody kind of rallied around each other, and the guys on the floor did their job. Um, again, this is a... I think every game we watch, we we learn a little something new about this team. But uh, I will contend that Team Forty Nine to me is the team that was always late to the podium, but uh, always late to the podium. But man, they were aggressive and competed hard. I was about to say it feels like Malik Beasley really likes the the role in the starting lineup, kind of the change with he and Vanderbilt. But he didn't really shoot the ball well tonight. Thirteen points, four of twelve shooting, one of eight. From three, five rebounds and four assists, but they they made that change, that little tweak there in the starting lineup, and I would guess Beasley probably prefers that. Yeah, I would think so uh, for sure. I'm just looking through Bees' last uh, few games. David said he's been fairly cold, um, and that's the truth. He was one for eight tonight, two for nine at Memphis, zero oh for seven at the Bulls. Uh, he was five for eleven at Houston. Three for nine from Sacramento. So it's really been since that Houston game. Um, he's really struggled going three for 23, um, which is, you know, Beasley can shoot it better than that. But he does have, we pointed this out earlier in the year, he does have kind of spurts where he'll shoot it and then he'll struggle a little bit. Now, I thought his shots he got tonight were good. They're similar shots he's made all year. And he'll make them. He's shoot, shooting at a pretty good clip this year and we've seen shooters that's why it's so tough to rely on the three ball so much is because it comes and goes the jazz tonight only 10 of 36 from three just 28.8 percent is or 27.8 percent as we have not seen the jazz shoot all that well from three lately uh but the fact that they can come up with a win when they don't shoot it well from three i think is an important thing because that has not been the case this season very often and they did it on hustle and grit you know did it on some timely shot making, drawing a couple fouls, but they stayed in that game by being aggressive, getting free throws, and getting points in possessions, and then on the other end, ending possessions, um, you know, on the on the glass and keeping possessions alive for that matter on the offensive side. Again, that out, that outlier to me tonight is their rebounding numbers against this team, and uh, it's hard to argue that that was probably the pivotal part of the game. All right, I think I'm looking at Jamil. Should we step aside for a minute? We're still we're still in a hold for player sound. We're still hoping to get player sound for you, but nobody's come to the podium quite yet. So we'll squeeze in a break, and hopefully the back part of the show here will be heavy on player post game reaction. Stay tuned as the Jazz uh, win tonight over the Cavs, one sixteen to one fourteen. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More straight ahead. Uh, Jazz post game. Here uh, you're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Now, let's get to the reaction. Here from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz post game show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz post game, 
Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight, 116-114 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell's return to Vivint Arena. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. We're still... Sierra uh, Nevada? That's what I was looking for. There you go, Sierra Nevada. Uh, we had an interesting conversation there I was learning. during the You're break. Teaching. We were talking about mountain ranges. For some reason, between you and DJ, I learned a lot tonight. I, well, DJ, DJ's a teacher. You know, he's teaching. He's teaching lessons and a wonderful person. Oh, we love DJ. Uh, catch David James, of course, on uh, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone alongside Patrick Kinnan, six to ten every morning, and of course, catch him on Talking Sports and KUTV Two News. Our buddy, he hung out with us uh, throughout the game and uh, weighed in on halftime. We appreciate it. How he's worked with that jerk PK all these years, I'll never know. But somehow he's made it. And they make a good team, I suppose. Something's working PK's about, my buddy. about that dude. Oh, man. I, PK's my favorite guy to joke with. But he is kind of a jerk. Most of the time. Correct. Yes, most. Uh, if Only if he's awake. That is true. When he's asleep, he's a fine, <laughs> he's fine, fine guy. human being. <laughs> when he's awake, though, look out. Uh, no, we love those guys. Love uh, love us some David James, uh, no doubt. Jazz, come away with the win. Uh, let's talk about Donovan's performance a little bit uh, tonight, Coach. I know we focused on it quite a bit, but 46 points for him in his return, 14 of 27 shooting, 7 of 18 from 3, 11 of 11 at the line, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Even though his team lost, um, he played obviously very well, got a very warm reception from the Jazz fans, which I thought was uh, was appropriate. And uh, you could tell he was having fun. I mean, he his team lost, but he, he was very appreciative. And obviously, after the game, the way he handled things, uh, you, you could tell that he wanted he wanted that kind of moment and for it to be a good one. And I think it was. We didn't have any layup gate tonight or anything like the Rudy thing that night, so that's good. Uh, um, yeah, for Rudy and talked about it afterwards. Though he ruined his whole home. <laughs> <because> <laughs> <laughs> One faux pas at the end. Um, but I do believe, you know, Donovan had that look in his eye. We saw it in Chicago the night with Lowry, and he came out and, and it got so much done early, was making everything. Um, but, you know, again, the Jazz just kind of stayed the course. Um, they did a good, good job on other guys and, you know, didn't really let Garland also go absolutely berserk. Um, but it was really just making plays down the stretch, and the Jazz have lost – so many games, especially over the last couple of weeks, that they were right there in the game in one play here or there. Um, but I guarantee you that uh, Coach Biggerstaff's watching the tape. He'll say, that darn seven-point play. That hurt him. That hurt them. That hurt him. Dearly, man. Because the game was, you know, game gets to a point where you miss one more shot and they come down and milk the clock and there's just too much of a lead left over at the end of the game. Now, listen, I, I rewatched a little. Here's a little honesty for you in the postgame. I rewatched the, the flagrant foul with Jordan Clarkson. And listen, I love the rule. If you slide under somebody, it's a flagrant foul. I think it's a really good rule because it's where an offensive player is extremely vulnerable, and we've seen players really get hurt. See Kawhi Leonard and Zaza Pachulia in the playoffs. I really like that rule. Man, I'm not sure if it was applied correctly in that situation. Worked out well for the Jazz, but I don't know. That was because Jordan Clarkson kind of jumped forward into it. 
And sure, he landed on the foot, but I don't know if that's the spirit of that rule necessarily. But it did work out well for the Jazz, obviously. Uh, Something I imagine we'll see in the two-minute report. Well, I think they got the call technically right. So... But it's just I, that. I don't think that I don't think Cavs fans actually have that much to complain about because if you if you're calling it by the letter the guy was under him right. when he landed and that's I would imagine when they reviewed it they probably looked at that and they said well that's how the rules written but I don't know if that was necessary that certainly was a long way from Zaza sliding under Kawhi at Correct. least let me put it yeah. that way yeah and but I think it's a byproduct now you know it's you get close it's kind of like the old uh, you know tug a jersey. You know, on a breakaway, and, and if somebody's actually reaching out to try to get a, and somehow catches their jersey that happened to us one time, you know, it's a foul. So, um, yeah, it's a, a lot of things had to happen in that possession for the Jazz to do what they did. But uh, we have seen and and continue to see crazy stuff. If you keep watching long enough, you'll see uh, endings like that from time to time. And then to to draw the foul on the last part of that seven point play was just sheer gamesmanship I mean, oh of course the way clarkson jumped in hey that one was a foul 100 percent. and i know who was defending on the play coach I'm, it was I'm lavert happy. it was yes it was it was 100 percent lavert and i know he was a little bit bothered by it but you know what you got suckered into that one karis because that was that was a foul it should have been called and jordan you know hey, he jordan was a drew that for sure yeah hey speaking we mentioned james harden earlier in the show that's he's he's become a superstar based on stuff like that yeah, he his ability to, you know, to take the rule and just use it totally to his advantage. I told you we played them in college, and I think he had 20, 21, 22 free throws that night. And, you know, one of the officials came by at one point. I'm like, that, not every single one of those can be a foul, but somehow, some way, you know, he'd rip his arms through, he'd bump off somebody. He just was a master at creating contact. Well, the truth is the offense is going to get the benefit of the doubt on all of those calls. I mean, it's just how the, the game has gone now. Or if there's contact, you know, it's the offensive player is going to benefit from that contact because it's just how it goes. And I hate the play in the post where a guy gets to battering ram. You know, he's dribbling, and but he just continues to battering ram the poor defender. And who, that's legit. Who can't, you know, we've made it where he can't get, well, if he gives ground, he's going to get scored on. If he falls down, you know, you bring the flop into question. You just got to kind of sit there. and I, That is a rule I think we need to watch because it's, you're completely displacing time after time to get where you want to go. But I digress. I always, I always wondered how Shaq always got away with that. I mean, oh, I hated that rule. Shaq would just run over everybody like, that you put out stuff. there to, to guard him, and somehow he'd, he'd, he'd use that wide backside of his to, to bump somebody into the fifth row, and then turn around and dunk it and say, "Well, clean." Like the best part is you, you take his first hit. You know, look at that. You're like, ah. Um. You know what, Jamil? Why don't we why don't we listen to the first few? Uh, we've got uh, some Donovan Mitchell sound for you, uh, but uh, Donovan was very thorough and it's very long. I don't think we'll be able to play it all in its in- entirety, but I think it's a good idea to play a little bit. So let's 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 get rolling here with a little bit of Donovan Mitchell, and uh, we'll pull out. But we'll make sure that uh, we get it posted somewhere online so folks can download it. Here's uh, Donovan Mitchell and his post game comments. Phenomenal! I appreciate it, love it. You know, from everybody. Um, the tribute video was was, was great, um, but it felt like a, just a typical jazz night. You know, we back and forth, 
screaming, yelling. You know, it was it was awesome. It was good to be back, and you know, um, unfortunately we didn't get the dub, but you know, I got to give them credit. They fought hard and competed to the end, and you know, but it was great to be back. Chris, Donovan, did you watch the tribute video? Uh, parts. I was trying to, you know, I told everybody on the other side I wasn't going to talk to them today. Uh, that was for the first game, but you know, JC ran over and gave me a hug. I was trying to, you know, be locked in, but you know, I definitely I saw it. Believe it or not, I saw it when I first got here. So when I first, uh, where's Naya? Naya went here. She got mad at me. Um, you know, I, I went out there and just stood and looked at the arena. You know, kind of just to see it before you go out there. And then they were playing it, so I'd already seen it. So I already, you know, saw it. And you know, like I said, man, it's just, I'm very appreciative of it. You know, we, you know, we spend a lot of time here, a lot of a lot of good things, and you saw it throughout the video and. The nasty hairstyle I had when I first got to the league, and um, just you know, just I'm very appreciative of it. When did you see it? Clarify. So I got here probably I got here probably like 4:30, and I just so like in the tunnel, no one can really see you, so that's why I kind of just stand there and just look around. Um, and I just did that just to kind of calm myself down, and you know, before because I don't go out to see the floor until I shoot, and that's when everybody's there. So um, just spend some time out there just to look and just feel all the emotion, and then get back to stretching and get ready for it. Were you surprised at all by the uh, warm reception, or is that kind of what you expected? Yes and no. I mean, you know, like I said, we did a lot of good, you know, but I was, you know, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. But, you know, when I when I got it, you know, it's like I said, it's just felt like a regular jazz game. Like you've been here and, you know, the support, the love you get, um, you know, is, is unmatched. You know, like I said, I was appreciative of it, but, you know, obviously could have went one or two ways. You know, we all, we all know that in this room, and, you know, it went, went the right way, I feel like, and I appreciate that. And, you know, um, unfortunately, we couldn't shut everybody up and get the win. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we definitely, you know, it felt good. You, you people courtside, you know, talking and, you know, seeing familiar faces, um, seeing Gail courtside, seeing Ryan Clark uh, from Stan Sox, you know, everybody. It was it was great. My mom and sister were there. It was, it was great. Sarah. Donovan, is it fair to say that a lot of the negativity that you've heard, seen, mm-hmm. From fans has been on social media. Um, I would say yes and no to that. You know, I think, like I said in the in the interview, like it's not every fan. You know, it's not it's not everybody. But there are things that I see in here that I didn't bring up. You know, in the interview that you know I didn't want to bring up because I knew how much it would re- get a reaction on social media. But I thought I did enough that way with people. Who, and like I said this morning, like, you know, I've been saying this for years, maybe not to the extent, but I've been talking about all these different things and different scenarios for a while. Um, and, you know, yeah, you see it on social media, you see it, but, you know, who cares what social media says? And, you know, but at the end of the day, when you, you see it, and sometimes it does say Utah Jazz on the thing, and you see what the people are saying. So, and it's not like it's a, a, a fake page. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not some troll. It's it's actual person and your actual picture. And you see that and you feel that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. And that's where I was going with that. And also, like, just trying to use my voice. Like, I have been continuously to speak for people that, you know, you guys don't put a camera in front of because they don't have that, that voice. They're not able to speak on it. And that was really my intention. That's always going to be my intention with what I do and how I move forward. Not just for Donovan Mitchell. Um, like I said in the interview, like, I gave my idea, you know, I was good to go. You know, what about the kid, the person uh, that's that's not able to do that? You know what I mean? That's that's pretty much, you know, my sentiments towards how I how I go about that stuff because we were given such a platform and a pedestal to speak on these things and you know, I try to do that as much as I can. When you, you mentioned that you didn't know which way this was going to go, mm-hmm. right? And I think that a lot of people were wondering that. So mm-hmm. was it was there a sense of relief? Because the ovation was pretty... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was really nice. You know, and I think... Um, 
would say since I was prepared for both, you know, I was prepared for, you know, I had, I had plenty of time to, to think about it. But when you get that and you, that's what made it feel comfortable when you, you hear that, you hear your name <clears throat> introduced, you hear the fans screaming. It just, like I said, I've been playing here for five years. You, you, the only difference is I'm on the other side of the floor. But, you know, when you hear that, you see everybody courtside wearing your jerseys, you know, screaming your name. That's what, you know, allows you to feel comfortable. And it is a sigh of relief. And then, like I said, I'm appreciative of it. Um, but when we were in the locker room, I told the guys, look, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? But let's just prepare for a dogfight. It's going to be, you know, whether they cheer or not, you know, it's going to be, you know, a dogfight. Because not only the atmosphere, but this is a talented group, you know, and they got a lot of guys who've been playing really well. So, yeah, go out there and give it up a shot. Kels. Your mom and sister were sitting courtside, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, after you, your name was introduced, you went over and gave them a hug. What did it mean to have them here for this game? <clears throat> um, they were there from the first one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> man. Uh, they were there from the first one and the first game against the Nuggets. And, you know, to be here, you know, to have them there, they've been through the whole ride with me, um, the highs and lows. And, you know, my sister has sacrificed so much on a day-to-day um, in her childhood. She's still a child. She just turned 21, so she might disagree. But, you know, she's still a child. And, you know, for me to just show my appreciation, to show my love and just making sure that they can have whatever, you know, and this life has been allowed me to do that, and I'm very thankful. But to have them... There in this moment, man, it, it means the world to me. What was like going through your head when you were standing in the tunnel, kind of taking it in pregame, um, and those emotions were you feeling? Like, what um, were those emotions? Everything. You know, the last time I was in here, ironically, again, we lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, just seeing that, you know, seeing you know, game six against OKC, seeing um, game five against um, the Clippers where we lose and I don't play, but we're also seeing the nights where, you know. I had 46, you know, in career highs and, and different things, big wins. We've, you know, we set the record for, I think, at the first season against the Magic where we won by the mo- highest margin. I had the record setting for threes. Like, there's so much good done in this in this building. Um, you know, you just kind of want to see it and, and just let it run through your mind and let it play before you go back into to game mode because you got to be appreciative of it, you know, at the end of the day. You know, this is it's a long season and there's different things you have to appreciate throughout the year. And I think coming here and, and being able to feel that, you know, is huge. All right, there you go, Donovan Mitchell. And uh, Donovan, a special performance tonight as he had so many in this building in his five years that he was here. You heard him talk about that. But uh, he had 46 points tonight, six assists, five rebounds. But his team came up a little short. Jazz win 116-114. to And I think that the whole return could not have gone better. And I think you heard that a little bit uh, from Donovan right there. 100%. Appreciate it. Didn't know how it was going to go. And it, it sounds like a guy who uh, appreciated the response he was given. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was absolute class from the organization. But what, I mean, we know these guys, right? Um, the executives in this organization, they understand that this is a people-driven, people-run business. And, you know, when you're out in this market and you're trying to get guys to want to come and play here, you know, you want good things said about your place. So, uh, amazing job by everybody getting ready for it. Um, couldn't have gone better, I agree. Everybody was receptive, and uh, Donovan got the the, the welcome he, he deserved. But uh, at the end of the day, the Jazz won. He had a nice night. The Jazz won. 116-114. to 114. We'll wrap it up coming up next. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. More straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Brought to you by Chatbooks. 
Taylor's printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Clarkson to the front court. Shot clock at 13. LeBert guarding Clarkson again. Kessler comes to set the pick. He goes away from it. He splits the double team. He floats the right hander up and in. Jordan Clarkson puts the Jazz up by four on a 17 to six run. Crowd's going bananas. Donovan. Play of the game, our guy David Locke. He and Booner had a great night tonight calling all of the action. Play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. The Jazz win, 116-114. to 114. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Wiz campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. We also want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators Program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, a $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. Jazz win. They got 25 tonight. Uh, well, let's start here. They got 32 from Jordan Clarkson. You heard our play of the game. He had a seven-point play, took over the game in the clutch, and uh, helped the Jazz seal the deal for a victory. 32 points on 11 of 19 shooting, 5 of 11 from 3, 5 of 7 from the line, 6 boards, 4 assists tonight for Jordan Clarkson. Lowry Markinen with 25 points to go along with 16 rebounds. He was uh, 6 of 18 from the field, 12 of 14 from the line. 13 points tonight from Mike Conley to go along with four assists. 13 from Malik Beasley, who got the start. He got four assists and five boards. And uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker with 13 coming in off the bench. Uh, he had three assists, four rebounds, only one turnover for Na tonight. Also, uh, Walker Kessler got the start. He only had six points on three of nine shooting, but did have 11 boards, two assists and a block shot for the Cavs. 46 points tonight from Donovan Mitchell in his return to Vivint Arena. 14 of 27 shooting, 7 of 18 from 3, 11 of 11 at the line. He also had 6 assists, 5 boards. Darius Garland tonight, 21, 6 assists, 5 rebounds for him. Uh, Mobley tonight had uh, 12 points. Karis LeVert had 12 coming in off the bench. But uh, the Jazz got a team victory and overcame a uh, really extraordinary performance from the former jazz man, Donovan Mitchell. And it's really kind of the theme of this year. This team is uh, definitely kind of taking on, uh, you know, a new look and uniform, certainly new faces. Uh, but the one thing that, that is constant is they do everything really unified and do it together. Uh, we've talked about the ball movement uh, tonight. The rebounding was done like that. And, um, yeah, it may be one of the more remarkable games I've seen in terms of the way it flipped and um, really, really happy for the jazz, everybody involved to have such an, you know, great event tonight, but most importantly, the, the jazz won. Yeah. And the, the, that the, the environment was a good one, I think is, is important. I think the jazz um, worked really hard to get the message out there um, to celebrate Donovan and take the positive angle on all of this. And I think they were uh, effective in, uh, in doing that, and I think it's important because whether you like it or not, it was a national story. It was a na- it was what everybody was looking for in this particular game. I, I told you uh, in the pregame, I watched um, 
the what uh, NBA Live or whatever they're calling that show on ESPN, their daily NBA show every day now. And it was a whole segment. How was Donovan Mitchell going to be, you know, uh, received received mm-hmm. in his return to Utah? And I, I don't think you could say a negative thing about it. Donovan himself obviously couldn't say a negative thing about it, and uh, was was upbeat in those comments that we heard. And I'm so happy for him because that's that's the way it should be. I mean. Um... I, I know the fans, everybody gets into it, uh, but nobody's into it or works as hard or tries to do you know, everything they can like Donovan did, like players do, uh, like coaches do. They, everything that they do is for the, you know, the betterment of the franchise. So great to have him back. Uh, glad he's doing so well. And uh, yeah, as it, you know, never surprised that this Jazz team just fights to the end. All right, Coach Lacombe, let's get, uh, let's get a few final thoughts uh, from you on this one before we – Turn the page. Well, Coach Hardy talked about it in the pregame. You know, you these games are interesting because there's a lot of emotion around them. But, you know, I thought the Jazz approached it great. Um, you know, they kept their emotions in check, uh, understood that it's get through a two-and-a-half, three-hour game, and you're on to the next one. And so uh, you said it. They've beat a lot of really good teams this year. Nice for them to, to be able to beat Donovan uh, in his return. And... Um, you know, now a couple nights off before they get after it again. We want to, <clears throat> excuse me, say a big thanks to everybody who played a role in the broadcast tonight. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.